I can tell you though from from a popularity standpoint, and that this isn't just yeah. Aaron Daly. There are people. There are a lot of people here in Omaha that know who Woodgreen. Well, that's cool. Is, right? That's good I mean, to hear. That's, yeah. and that's mm-hmm. kind of what we're looking for. We're not looking to grow like with taking on huge investors, and mm-hmm. we're trying to do it organically and sure. get every last thing we can out of what we have before we make that next step. Because I think you lose something when you get too much bigger. Inspired by the adventures of our nurses, therapists, and techs. A Beer with Atlas is the only healthcare-traveling, craft-beer-drinking podcast. Each week, we'll open a few beers, talk about the brewery and the style of beer, and then dive into some research curated specifically for each episode. In the end, we hope each one sounds like a conversation you'd have with your friends while enjoying a few cold ones. Welcome to another episode of A Beer with Atlas. I'm Rich. I'm Brian. Mr. Uh, Producer Dolan on the black box today. Hey. And special guest, Wood Grain Brewing Company is here all the way from a different state. Yes. Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Yep. So why don't you guys introduce yourself for us real quick. I'm Steve Hartman, one of the co-owners and head brewer. Awesome. I am Quentin. I am the manager. My name's Ryan, uh, assistant brewer, head bartender, Mopping aficionado. <laughs> nobody who, loves mopping. Who cleans the bathrooms? Which one of you cleans the bathrooms? Not, no, yeah, nobody. No? Good. Okay, good. That's good. Because not that was... inside our facility a little. Is it not? So talk about your facility a little bit. We'll get into this yeah. a little bit. But talk. So where is your brewery located in Sioux Falls? Uh, well, we're at the corner of 9th and Phillips downtown, right across from Wells Fargo. Um, basically, there's a bank on every corner. Or there was. Um, yeah, right across from the hotel on Phillips. So if you go to Sioux yeah. Falls, stay there, run across the street, have a couple beers. Get some beers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in actually an office building. It's a five-story office building, basically. But first level's like mixed retail. Mm-hmm. And our bank is across the hall, so that's nice. Easy. We have a little sandwich shop, smoothie shop across the hall. So if people are hungry, they can get a sandwich to go. You can bring in anything you want, actually, just like most breweries. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we're a little five barrel brewery, about twenty four hundred square feet. About eight hundred of that is brewery. So we're we're cramped in there pretty tight. When did you when did you start? Like what was your when did you open? We opened September of twenty fifteen. So we're coming up on five years this year. Gotcha. And yeah, trying to figure out what we're gonna do exactly to celebrate that, but Got a lot of beer in the cellar, do you so we know? might just do a big blow. Do you up. know already what you're going to do? Or? We're going to close. <laughs> I have a general idea, but uh, I don't have it all planned out just yet. Gotcha. Yeah, there's okay. a little time. Yeah, a little bit of time still. Yeah. So, all right, let's open up one of these beers. Apparently, so we've got some crowlers here. Yeah. Apparently, there's some sort of trick because anybody that's listened to the show before knows. Rich spills when he pours every single time. Yeah. Every time. All right. So what's the? Give me. Yeah, we got to. Yeah, we better see here. how What's this works. The, go explain that right now. How's this work? Sure. Here, I'll pivot this over if you don't mind. There you go. Nice. Uh, crowlers usually get filled all the way to the top. No, just like any beer can. Right. No, no headspace. And uh, you know, big wide mouth. It's kind of spreads out when it's poured. So mm-hmm. usually, you just tip it back, turn it backwards, and pour it out like this so it doesn't spill even with the tab it doesn't nope it doesn't spill and then it's just it's just that little initial that amount and then you're good after that that's just for the first pour just for the just... first second or two yep so when aaron daly comes back from these places uh-huh. and he brings crowlers and we open them after lunch of course of course um he always <laughs> makes me pour the first one always <laughs> he knows that, that, uh-huh yeah. but he doesn't he know he didn't tell me the trick so i've Sometimes it's running down my elbow. Sometimes yeah. I have to, you know. It's on all the papers on your desk. Yeah. Then Keanu gets mad because. All my paperwork smells like beer. We're right. sending files to the hospital. It's got pills in there yeah. all over it. It's tough, but it's, somebody's yeah. got to do it. Okay, so I've heard this. I've heard this before. I've heard this from my, actually my friends Bobby and Scott there at Cross Train. Uh, Pilsners are maybe one of the easiest beers to make, but maybe one of the most difficult to make as well. Yeah, it's true. They're very simple um, constructed beer. It's. This one was built with one hop, one malt, and then yeast in the early days, and now we've added one more malt. There's two different hops. Um, But yeah, it's basically all fermentation and keeping it as clean as possible. There's nothing to hide behind. Still spilled some. You still, after the third pour. It's like a curse, right? It's like a curse. It just happens. (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah, that's Bobby had told me that before. Like that's to make a good clean pilsner is probably one of the most difficult things to do in all the brewing. Like that's that is super yeah. hard. So what do you think? It smells great. That's delicious. There's some nice bitterness at the end. Yeah, this one's stolen. <laughs> Every time he does it. This one's uh, actually we use just some warrior for bittering, so just a nice bittering hop. And then we use some local Mount Hoods uh, grown just right outside of Sioux Falls from Herds to Hops. Um, they're doing a great job. Packaging facility, everything. They're just kind of getting their stride going now with all their, their – uh, just got a building put up and everything, mm-hmm. freezer space. How much local can you buy when it comes to this? Um, we can buy – it's your usual like Cascade, Centennial. But there's one hop called Michigan Copper that's actually in our house IPA that you have a crawler of over there. And that one has like some juicy fruit character. It's becoming a pretty sought after hop. It's going for about twenty five bucks a pound. Juice. Luckily, we can get it for sixteen to eighteen direct from the farmer. So, nice. but resale value is pretty high, which we don't resell hops. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's a nice hop. Huh. Something new. So, where'd the name Woodgrain come from? Well, I've spent most of my life, about twenty years, in woodworking. Grew up in the cabinet making business. My dad has a shop. I started working for him when I was twelve. And so that was just a name that I had an idea for. And the other, I have two business partners, uh, Jason and Ryan. And we all kind of went with it, just the double meaning of grain. So you got grain and wood and grain and beer. And just crafting something beautiful from grain. Interesting. It sounds like they put some thought into that. A little bit. That's that's different than the fart joke brewery we had last week. Who farted? (sighs) That's a good brewery, though. Yeah. It It was a good good beer. I, so I would argue some thought went into that one as well. Yeah, some eighth grade thought. I love it. It's like my favorite kind of humor. So still some thought though, right? Yeah, right. Okay, so let's talk about you and your in your business partners. Like, how did you guys meet in the first place? And then we'll talk about how you met these guys too. Well, oddly enough, we all met at church. Um, <laughs> Which one is, of the reasons I like that church. That's Everybody not the beer. typical way no. that those guys meet. All right. No. Of course, we never brought beer into the church. Of course, we never did that. Um, right. No, never. But, no, I just um, was talking about brewing, and Jason, we were at some men's bowling thing or something, and he was talking about how he brewed, and it was sounded different than what I was doing, which was extract. And I got bored after a couple batches, and he invited me over and hung out and saw these guys using coolers and toilet hoses, and I'm just like, what in the world? <laughs> okay. Um I don't know what the heck you're doing, but so I was just fascinated by it and kind of got to know them and kept hanging out and brewing beer. And Hmm. once uh, they had always talked about opening a brewery as well, and I just never wanted anything to do with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then my third partner, Ryan, he's more of the money guy. So he does like all the books, background money, Um, pretty much lets me do whatever I want money wise, which is nice. So why didn't you want to in the first place? Like, what was? The... I just didn't know how. wasn't interested. I wasn't completely disgusted with my career at that time. I was in finance at the time. Okay. So, uh, yeah, and then just we kept going to this winery down in Inwood, Iowa, and really liked it. My wife and I, and finally we were on road trip up to uh, Minneapolis, and I said, "Hey, what do you think about opening a little brewery?" And she's like, "Yeah, let's do it." Nice. So, got the go ahead from day one, and. Yeah, that was 2013. So two years later, we finally opened. So how did you guys get hooked up with them then? Oh man, you want to go oh, first? Boy. Long story. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll go first. So this leave is the dirty stuff out. Yeah. <laughs> so um, now we need listeners. So you, you, you can be dirty if you want. Salacious tales, totally. even if they're not true. Right. <clears throat> uh, so I actually have a uh, extensive background in retail management and. Uh, at the time, I was working for a place called Total Wine. I think you guys have those out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I ran kind of like their craft beer part of it. Um, and I was in Las Vegas, and I was looking to move back to Sioux Falls, believe it or not, after being gone for about a year. Because Vegas was not the same city it was when I was growing up there. So mm-hmm. um, basically, I uh, kind of looked around to see what breweries were hiring, what Graham was hiring at the time, looking for a manager. Um, I put in an application, interviewed, went well, offered me the job. That was, I don't know, you guys have been open for, I don't know, eight months maybe, once I started, something around there. Something like that. Something around there. Anyway, um, so yeah, so I kind of go back to that. Uh, I've been a part of Woodgrin for about four years now, so hmm. just been kind of doing a little bit of everything, literally, well, well everything. 
that's kind of what you have to do when a brewery gets started, right? I mean, that's. I mean, it's just, been four years. Though. You're the. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm the manager. I do kind of a little bit of everything, and mm-hmm. so for the brewing part, I leave that to the guys that know what they're doing. I've helped out, but nothing. You don't have any desire to get in there? And no, not really. No, no, I think I do enough as it is. So no. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's just kind of where I met Steve and, and Jason and, and uh, mm-hmm. Ryan. And then uh, a few years later, the guy next to me here, um, I brought him on board, and I'll let him share his wonderful story. How far do I go back? You uh, go back to when you are about eight years old. Okay. I was a little boy. You aspired to be an assistant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Wyoming, so I'm not from South Dakota. I've lived here for – I lived in South Dakota for four years now. Yeah. Met my wife on a, a dating app. Here, i got to get closer, don't I? Sorry. You can, yeah. Um, I have no background in brewing. I used to do a little bit back home. Uh, I worked in the oil field for 10 years, pillaging the lands of North Dakota. Um, I hated yeah. it the so, entire time. Yeah. Needed something to change, and they laid me off when oil f- kind of fell through the floor price-wise. So I took six months off um, back and forth from Wyoming to South Dakota, starting this dating thing she knew somebody who started a different brewery in sioux falls i moved there started working there after about a year and a half things weren't working out i frequented wood grain quite quite a bit when i wasn't working um one day i just sort of spit out that i was looking for something different and quentin gave me the opportunity to kind of talk about a job so you're just hanging out drinking their beers and we're like yeah you know, i'm not the first one who got a job there just by drinking no, there either most of my bartenders uh, are were regulars at one time right yeah right well you got to know what you're selling right, right. you got to know the product right. and mm-hmm. the people so i've been there for almost two and a half years now yeah started off as a full-time you know bartender and now i assist brew and kind of run the pack there as far as bartending goes what what made you think like I really want to be a brewer like I really want to I want to give I want to give this a shot? Well, I'm not a desk job guy. I've always gotten dirty doing what I do. I'm sort of a blue collar worker. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid to get dirty or or kind of bust it. So it sure. just seemed like the right fit. Plus, I like beer. See, I like beer too, but I just I don't think I could brew it though. Even I'm, like homebrew, like I don't even think I could do that. I know I can. I just don't have the patience. Nope. Or the science right. understanding. It patience, takes a, science. It takes a fastidious person to sort of be no. able to do that. I can't no. even say that word. There's no way I'm brewing beer. That's how I know I'm not brewing beer. Yeah. So <laughs> I our, just go and buy it. Our boy, our boy Dolan's from Wyoming here. He. Uh, yeah. We, what, what part are you from? I reside from Casper, Wyoming. Mm. Okay. I grew up in Gillette. Uh, okay. Yeah. One of two places. One, exactly. <laughs> Those are the spots. That's, that's really about it. <laughs> nah, what's the one down south? What's uh, Cheyenne? Cheyenne. There we go. That's what oh, I'm yeah. thinking of. Yeah. I drive there by there go. and go to the bathroom on the way to Colorado. <laughs> it is a oh big bathroom. Gosh. It is. A- <laughs> Cheyenne is a big bathroom. Yeah. Yep. Best he, one. And he can say that because he's, he's from, from there. there. Right. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yep. Exactly. Because so. my high school played their high school. You know, that stuff. Damn. That's yeah. how yeah. it goes. <laughs> Dolan has told us how awesome. Wyoming is, and just shared the, the fun no, of... He lied to you, man. <laughs> yeah. He lies to us a lot. I'm just kidding. So, okay, so we kind of figured out, like, where it all started. Like, at what point did you think, as you're, as you're going, like, oh, shit, like, we're on to something. Like, like this, could, this is a real thing, right? I mean, this is just, it's not just, I'm going to start a little brewery. You're much more than no. a little brewery now. Uh, we're still about the same size we were, actually. We we haven't grown too much. We just added two tanks, geez, two and a half years ago, two 10 barrels. So I can tell you, though, from, from a popularity standpoint, and that this isn't just yeah. Aaron Daly, there are people, there are a lot of people here in Omaha that know who would grain. Well, that's cool. Yeah, that's right. good I mean, to hear. That's, yeah. mm-hmm. that's kind of what we're looking for. We're not looking to grow like with taking on huge investors, and mm-hmm. we're trying to do it organically and sure. get every last thing we can out of what we have before we make that next step because I think you lose something when you get too much bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have nothing, there's really nothing wrong with making people seek out your product. If they're serious, they'll come get it with, yeah. within reason. Um, I think that's true, mm-hmm. especially in this, this sort of yeah. area I mean, and field. Right. Retail or, you know, retail distribution. There's so much shelf space now that's being fought for and it's mm-hmm. just hard to get there. But if people really want your product, they'll drive an hour, two hours or mm-hmm. find people that live nearby and trade. 
Let's. Uh, I got a couple questions. You got more on your thing? No, go for it. I, I just want to know. I want to open another beer. Actually, one of our. Yeah, you work on that. One of our research topics has always been um, just why people start breweries and work there and all that stuff. What's the worst thing about working in a brewery? Um, cleaning. Honestly, yeah. like our tanks. I guess they're kind of built for winemaking, cider making. They don't have the ports and cleaning, CIP cleaning ports and things that it our works. big tanks have. And so that makes it a little bit more difficult. You actually have to get in there sometimes and kind of scrub, which yeah. isn't really good for the inside of the tanks unless you're super careful. Um, but yeah, it's just all the cleaning gets tedious, gets, you almost get lost in the, you're on cruise control. So it's easy to miss something unless you kind of wake yourself up from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, right now we're in the middle of just doing an intense cleaning on our tanks and just making sure they're. They've been at it, you know, at it straight. We we pretty much have not had an empty tank since we started. Yeah. And if we do, it's only for a few days. And I'm flipping out yeah. if we do because it's like, oh, there's something I could be making because I have so many things I still want to do. Right. And, yeah, but it's just cleaning. And I'm sure Ryan will get sick of it too. But it's part of the job, and that's the important part of the job. If you don't keep it clean, the beer will suffer. So, like, attention to detail, I assume, has to be high because, like, if you make just a an error, one small error, you know, you don't want to dump a whole batch of beer. Mm-hmm. So no, you is don't. there any like we, we safeguards have... in place? How do you, how do you make sure you're following your procedure that you would want it to be? Um, just try to keep an eye on things. Rhino's luckily like a brother from another mother. He's keeps an eye on everything. I can mm-hmm. turn my back and I know for darn sure it's going to get done right and clean. And that's true of everything. Tap room like shined up when he leaves for the day. So that's priceless. That's peace of mind. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just inspecting after somebody's done cleaning. If somebody's somebody else does it, just taking a look. And even if I do it, I, I hope he's looking, you know, right behind me because I could miss it too if I get lazy and just sick of it. You know, you're like, sure. I just can I get one day where I don't have to clean. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's just putting, and maybe some of it is like a copy of a copy is no good. So you at the top have to be so precise and clear about what you want so the next person down does it right 95 percent of the time sure and everybody's always watching yeah you know like whether it's uh on purpose or not but everybody soaks up what the top people are doing i think that's that's absolutely true yeah yeah uh what are we drinking this is amazing okay i i actually wrote this beer down because i was hoping we would was on the wish list it was on the wish list the carnival ipa the yeah. one that you make with, you get pineapple from a restaurant? <laughs> yeah, we do. Oh, talk There's about that. Carnival Brazilian Grill in Sioux Falls, when they opened, first of all, when the building went up, I'm looking over like, what in the world? It's got like a spiral on top out of like stucco. Oh. And so we went there, and the owner actually is a neurologist. And so we went there. Interesting. Through, my wife works at the hospital, so got to go there for free because there was a party, neuro party. And I eat, it's basically all you can eat, you know, Brazilian grill. So they've cut it right off of the skewer, lamb, steak, chicken. And then they bring out this pineapple and it's coated in cinnamon and sugar and it's rotisseried and roasted and it's just amazing. And so I kept kind of being like, man, they only have like four taps. Over the years, I'm like, what can I do? Can I make a papaya beer? I figure out a way to get in here because it's one of my favorite spots in town. Uh Uh-huh. And then out of the blue, the manager just said, hey, we got all this leftover pineapple. Do you guys want to try to make a beer? And I'm like, what am I going to do with the scraps? Mm, yeah. <laughs> so went in there, met with them, and they were talking about a blonde or something light. And I'm just like, you know what, guys? I got an IPA sitting in the tank right now. It uses Azaka and Eldorado hops, which are tropical. Let's take some pineapple, throw it in. Let's do about a pound per gallon. And we did, and we haven't changed the recipe since. Nice. That's not true. The last batch we t- made a very small tweak, but uh, Aaron said there was a milkshake version of it too. Yep. Just for fun, we did a Carnival milkshake, so vanilla beans and lactose, and it actually it was pretty amazing the difference that the lactose and vanilla beans made on really? the smoothness and the drinkability and just creaminess. So this has a little bit of bite yet. Um, that one had a little less bite, and then the brand new batch that'll come out here probably by the weekend. Um, should have less bite and way more pineapple and cinnamon flavor just from some changes that we made. 
I mean, that sounds amazing. Yeah, I know. I think what we're drinking is amazing here. Yeah, this is, this is I good. agree. Yeah, I'm never satisfied. So even if it's good, I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> That's one of the keys to innovation, right? Right. Yeah. Especially as in the brewing, never rest on what you got, right? I, mean, I think. I think if you, we found specific breweries around here that rest, mm-hmm. and some of them aren't open anymore. You That's know? true. So like. The people that are coming for this stuff, they want new things. They want hot bombs. They want mm-hmm. something that they can't get down the street. So right. I think that's important, at least as far as I – I'd never drink the same beer twice in a row. Never. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At home, anywhere. I've been starting to buy six-packs, but for a long time, I would not buy a six-pack. I wouldn't even buy beer in the store. I'd just go have a beer at the at the bar, try mm-hmm. something new. I wouldn't get it again. Hmm. Yeah. And that's even true of our own stuff. Like, there's very few of our beer beers that we serve – that I have a lot of. Mm-hmm. I just try it once, and then I'm like, okay, it's good. So and then I might try it halfway through, just make sure the quality's still there. But quality check. Yeah. You got to yep. check the quality. You do, of course, you know, taste test. I would say. Yeah. Uh, another question I had, and this is probably for this side of the table, but mm-hmm. um, as far as customers and repeat customers, because like at least here in Omaha, we've got a lot of breweries, and you'll see the same dudes at other places. Mm-hmm. Do you have a lot of the same people? Is it like a regular bar for folks now, or? Um, do you see the same faces on the same days, that sort of stuff? I, I see I see several of the same people on a regular basis all the time. Yeah. <clears throat> I see those same people at other breweries, though. Yeah. yeah. People are, mm-hmm. they are nomadic. They just move around. They try new things. All the breweries yeah. are coming out with new stuff. I mean, there are five or six new breweries in the last year, yeah. three of them being downtown. Um, you're going to see a lot of the same people. And at the same time, I'm still surprised after almost five years, there are new people that have not even heard of us that live in Sioux Falls. Yeah, that's kind of... It's a little bit of both, really. Yeah, Yeah. we don't... We don't, outside of social media, we don't advertise a whole lot. So it's a lot of word of mouth. And so we're bigger probably in the craft beer nerd scene, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a good scene. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. And especially if you're doing stuff like, I wouldn't say this, the Carnival IPA is too crazy out of the. No, it's probably actually pretty approachable for people who don't normally drink them. Right. I should mention we get the pineapple exactly as it's carved off at your table. Oh, nice. So, yeah, it's, it's a lot of labor that goes into it. So, to scale it up would be. Difficult. Difficult and probably not something we want to do. So it'll always be a small batch Difficult. unless yeah. we find out another way to do it. But Which is still, I mean, it still kind of makes it what it is, though, right? Yeah. I mean, if you tried to scale it up, it would be very... Yeah, so you would, what, you'd extract to, at some point? Yeah. No. You'd have to get away oh, from no, the no, actual no. thing, right? I, so you don't want to do that. I hate extract. I, I have used it a little bit just to add a little tiny hint of flavor and aroma. Mm-hmm. But because after talking to a pretty popular brewery in Florida... Um, Sometimes what you're smelling is also what you're going to taste. And people like strawberry that you get in a candy is not the same as the strawberry you eat off the vine. Sure. So people associate strawberry to that candy flavor. And then when it doesn't taste like that, they're like, oh, this is gross. Mm-hmm. So you almost have to, and strawberry is so delicate anyway, it's really earthy. So mm-hmm. when you add just a tiny little bit of that strawberry, it comes through. But w- with the carnival, we would, first of all, they'd have to be willing uh, to slice about, a hundred cases of pineapple for us oh, <laughs> right now they're slicing about 15 cases when we do this beer yeah hand sliced rotisserie sliced again you know they, they just skin off the outside layer so i mean mm-hmm. it's huge but then we'd almost have to puree it which mm-hmm. we could do i just it yeah, adds another step another one yeah because uh you know slabs of pineapple in your fermenter aren't exactly easy to get out unless you put them in bags which we do see this is the part i don't even i i wouldn't even know I how do you account for the extra sugar yeah uh, we just measure the gravity up before and after we okay. put the fruit in. Yeah, that was my f- the first time I made a homebrew beer with my brother. He does it a lot, mm-hmm. brother-in-law, but we did some pineapple, and we thought it was going to be so great. And then we were like, oh, we didn't actually account for that sugar. <laughs> and then we had pineapple beer on our ceiling, so that oh. was not great. Yeah, it only, goes up, bottles. only goes up a couple points, but it ends up being probably half percent in the back mm-hmm. end or almost a percent, I guess. So from a, from a brewer's standpoint... When, when, like, this is the philosophy of the company, right? We're not going to, we're not going to use anything artificial or whatever. Does that, does that limit you on that? Do you think, or, or, or does it give you maybe, does it give you more freedom because, you know, you understand, okay, this is these, this is how I have to operate. 
well, I just know how much work it is involved and to sort of sacrifice all that work just to make something easy and just dump a little bit of extract. It doesn't seem like it's even worth it at that point. I don't know. <clears throat> it doesn't, it doesn't calculate into, into the work for me. So mm-hmm. I don't really, yeah. I don't see it happening either with him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, sure. we do, we do do a couple things. Like we have a French toast milk stout that we could do it with cinnamon vanilla beans mm-hmm. and, we actually have a cinnamon vanilla stout coming out for Valentine's Day or around oh, yeah. that time. We do. There is no extract. It's uh, cinnamon and a ton of vanilla beans. Wow. But we just do the extract. I just did it for fun because I was using the stuff that that brewery in Florida that I've become friends with. Mm-hmm. That's what they use sometimes. So I'm like, oh, let's try it. But people love it. And I'm like, ah, oh, what did <laughs> I do? Well, yeah. On one hand, you got the business. And yeah. It has right. like your personal integrity yeah. of, of mm-hmm. brewing and... When you Sometimes they don't meet. When you can move a five-gallon keg in a night because they love it, it's like, uh-huh. oh, well, okay. We don't do it that often. Exactly. It's well, every yeah. now and then. I prefer Helps not to. Helps pay for the other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why does it remind me of one here in Omaha? I don't. Yeah, mm. that's how it goes. Yep, exactly. Okay, so you mentioned a bunch of breweries have opened just recently there mm-hmm. in Sioux Falls. How does that? How is that competition? Has it changed you guys, or like, what has it done to your business? Uh, I know for me, it just. Every like the one that I really just being honest here, the one that really made me worry for about a day was Lupulin moving in because mm-hmm. they're they're pretty big. They people know them as quality, great IPAs, sure. stouts. I'm like, well, okay. Now we really got to be on our game, and we don't we don't have the marketing budget they have. They're mm-hmm. way bigger than we are. They're doing way ten times the beer that we're doing. Mm-hmm. They're packaging. We're just little old wood grain with doing kegs, and we're around Sioux Falls and eastern South Dakota. Um, but then once I got rolling, you know, they fit in nicely, and the guys that own it and the, the crew there are super nice, and they've been a great part of the scene in Sioux Falls. And, yeah, I mean, no worries there whatsoever, mm-hmm. but it's just one of those things. I mean, then we had Looks Open, Severance, a um, bunch of other ones, mm-hmm. and Covert. all nice guys, Covert, Coverts. Yeah. Covert's uh, sure. doing very unique stuff, and it's awesome to have them in town. Um, but, yeah, I mean, everybody's kind of got their thing. And I think we – I feel like the, one of the biggest compliments that we received lately was um, Jack from Mardo came up out mm-hmm. of Sioux City, mm-hmm. and he said, you guys do – everything you do, you do well. Like, it's not very often we go somewhere and there's a great IPA, and then the stout is also mind-blowing. Like, you yeah. guys do everything really well. So that, to me, I was like, I really appreciate it that and just trying to get better as we go oh nothing (laughs) (laughs) i've i've uh talked to some folks down specifically in lincoln that's where i'm from so that's those are the places i haunt and uh white elm yeah i saw his white elm sure so um a lot of places especially i don't know even in omaha too to to extent uh breweries known for making ipa right and then some Mm -hmm. of so the other ones that are open after them like well we're not even going to mess with that we'll just do these other styles and yep. I don't know. So, I mean, yeah. sometimes you, sometimes that works out that way, but I, I don't know. I'd like to yeah. go to a place that's going to have more than one style. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm always looking for hops and stouts and that sort of thing. So uh, whenever Aaron is going to make a run to Woodgrain, he always asks, so, yeah. do you want anything? Mm-hmm. Of course I say, yeah. I always. Yes. I say like some of the other breweries too, not everybody's doing the New England style, you know, up to – where I think the standard has grown, which you look at Treehouse, you look at some of these bigger mm-hmm. uh, modern times, whatever, whoever it is, right. doing an insanely good job. And then some of these other breweries are making them and they're good, but then they're also making a West Coast or a old school mm-hmm. East Coast. Mm-hmm. And there's still people out there that want that stuff. So that's the nice thing too, is that you may not find what you're looking for at one. You can go down the street yeah. and know that you're going to find something more malt forward or sweeter. Yeah. Um, they're still out there and... And that's good. So that's, that's the fun of looking too. That's the fun of right. being a customer that he recognizes at other breweries too, because you you know you can make your rounds and mm-hmm. have the release days and all that sort of stuff. It's just fun to be connected in that those sort of communities. I think. Like our text conversation from the other day when mm-hmm. we were at the other brewery, and I said, "What yep. are you doing there?" You're like, "Well, because you got this and this." Yep. I would never even have thought of that. Yep. That's that's you know I I figured you were that close. You would have gone to this one instead. Yeah. And you were at that one, so yeah. Depends on who you're with sometimes. Too. I guess so, yeah. So, okay, so this is the only way I've ever had your beer is is in Crowler's here. Yeah. Do you have plans to package? 
Um, we were kind of working on a production space, then we kind of put the brakes on it. Just looking at the market, we're trying to figure out what is the best way forward, um, what makes the most sense for us. I would love to see a 12-pack of veneer pills. That might happen by the end of the year. I don't know. We'll cans, see what happens. Like cans. Cans, yeah. okay. Um, but we're just trying to figure out, do we want to spend $1.2 million to make a fifth of the money? You know, wholesale's no joke. You got to... Your costs got to be in line. Like you got to have that stuff dialed in. So we're just trying to figure out what makes the most sense. Keep, you know, maximum profitability versus how much beer you're putting out. Is the quality going to change? Yeah. Hopefully we'll have an answer here in this year. But so. I think we've seen recently uh, there's been an explosion, right? In the yes. last five to 10 years. Yep. And we're now starting to see it some places come back down. We've had a couple closers in Omaha and yeah. in Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Um, some places have uh, expanded probably too quickly and are making too much beer, and now they can't even get rid of the beer they made. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's smart to you know, take your time. Yeah. We may have an opportunity in Sioux Falls to – it's kind of a mix of between gypsy brew and contract brew. So it, it, that was my next question. Like, is there from like a co-packing standpoint? Yeah. Like, I'm familiar with that. Do you is that does that exist in brewing too? Yeah, there's contract brewing, and some breweries get their start that way, and that's fine. Um, but if you can be present at the facility and almost help them make it and mm-hmm. supervise it and make sure it's actually being done the way you want, I think that adds a new element to that contract brew, where the hybrid gypsy slash contract is more attractive than just letting Mm -hmm. a far off brewery that's a state or two away make your product. Yeah. And you have really some control over it, but if somebody makes a hundred barrel batch for you and it's garbage or you, and you say, I don't want it. Do you think they're really not going to fight you on that? I mean, (laughs) right. Or, Hey, we ran out of citra hops. We're just going to use this other hop. You're like, no, that's not the deal. Mm -hmm. So I've heard of things like that happening Mm -hmm. and that I just don't want to deal with that. That'd be tough. So, I assume you're, you know, from what you're saying there, you're per, kind of protective of your recipe, right? So you know it's made a certain way, and that's how you would want to make it. So how do, how yeah. do collabs work? Like, do you go into it thinking, hey, this is a style that you guys make, and we make similar sort of thing. We let's try something there. Or do you want to make something that's totally different? <clears throat> what what is the mindset? Because we're starting to see those here yeah. around Omaha, a lot, and yeah. uh, even ma- national. Uh, ones mm-hmm. that you can go buy at the grocery store right. seems to be a new thing. So what's the mindset there? Yeah, there's a couple different things. I mean, for me, it's what's going to sell fast, what's going to draw attention and make this worth doing. Because if you just go in and make, like we were joking on the way down, we were going to talk to Bobby. Um, let's just do a, a common and barrel agent in a gin barrel and add honey and coffee to it. Like, <laughs> who's going to drink that? Yeah. You know, I'm not going to drive to go get that. But if we talk about doing like a, a really beautifully made adjunct stout with coffee and chocolate and mm-hmm. all that stuff it, yeah it's been done but it hasn't been done by them or us or mm-hmm. whatever um so yeah just taking elements that you both have do it well combine them maybe learn something from each other uh we did a collab with zipline a few years ago it's just a wheat wine we've never made one they're yeah. not that popular i have a bottle of it still in my fridge yeah, by the way. yeah. we did a barrel aged yeah. version we did the coffee version was the most popular um so we added like coffee that we brewed on our system and that it worked out really well. Tom came up, and I, I was nervous. I'm like, "What in the world?" I'm, Tom's here from Zipline. Like, yeah. I, these guys are way bigger than we are. Yep. He's been around. He's a smart guy, mm-hmm. super nice guy. I, he's one of the most coolest, approachable yeah, guys that you meet, though. And he even said, "Geez, I like your little system." And man, I learned this. I didn't know this. And I'm like, "Wait, you just learned something?" Like, yeah, that blew my mind. So I guess you That's just never cool. know. Just do your thing, and hopefully somebody can learn something and yeah so open mind so the cat's out of the bag oh okay because he said it right yeah i, I didn't i wasn't gonna say it oh i, I wasn't gonna i didn't say anything okay no, okay there we go then <laughs> we're not gonna say it then. i think we should open one more of these we which should one? which one are we gonna do i can tell you this and i here's, here's what we're guilty of we are super guilty of of just of drinking a beer and gushing over it yeah it's a lot harder to do when they're like sitting right here Right. A little bit, just gushing. But for the, you know, to be fair, a lot of the stuff we get is good stuff too. That's true. Like we are getting Treehouse once in a while, and we are, right. you know, we're getting White Elm Stouts or mm-hmm. you know whatever. So oh. like, 
we're not just drinking shelfies a lot of time on this show. I, I'd put this up against any IPA we've Dude, got. I love it. This is really it's good. It's so fruity and pineapple Really. Oh, the amazing. pineapple is fantastic. Yeah. And it doesn't have you that... You should love this, right? I, I love it a lot. Right. So you're a pineapple guy. And it doesn't have that, sometimes that, you know, fakey pineapple aftertaste that right. you get on some other things. Yeah. Like that, uh, okay. that love, one you brought home. Yeah, from Vegas. Yeah. Somewhere. Still, love lady. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that was a different As pineapple flavor than this from one. Vegas. Okay. Mm-hmm. Vegas is a beer wasteland. Craft beer wasteland. <laughs> That's what he says. I, I can, tried to convince him otherwise. I, can I wouldn't say it. that, but it is. There's, there's, there's nothing good there. There's just too many breweries out there right now, um, and not enough good ones. Well, yeah, I mean, you got you, you have to know where to go. Okay. To be honest with you. Yeah. Well, and that's Ninth or that Love Lady Brewing Company. Ninth Island. It wasn't. It wasn't terrible. They're fairly new, though. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So they haven't they haven't grown. So he, are you, you're going to be in Vegas soon, right? N- not back till not till September. No. Okay. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm gonna say where if you're in Vegas or going to Vegas, where would you say we should go and get some beers? Yeah. Where should I go? Um, Big Dogs is a good spot. They actually just won a few gold medals. Hmm. There you go. Um, Joseph James is always good. Uh, Banger. Banger. That's, That's the one, the one I was trying to, to sell him on. That's the one you go I to. I spent many hours there watching football mm-hmm. a couple They do a ago. lot of very traditional beers, but they do them really well. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. There we go. Okay, then then we'll do that when we go. Yes. I'm telling you. I it's want right to be wrong. Down there. I want to be wrong. <laughs> You are. You because some of the best yet. meals I've ever ate are in Vegas, right? I mean, well, that's, yeah. you, they go all out for yeah for that. Mm-hmm. Why, don't you, why don't you go all out for beer then? Some of the best wine I've ever had has been in Vegas. Now, it's not from Vegas, obviously, but I've yeah. had it there. Well, I guess. It's all about dollars. Why do I have to drink Blue Moon when I go to Vegas? Because that's what, sure. that's what 90% of the people drink. You, but that's all you can get. Well, you can get Lagunitas some places. <laughs> and there's, some good, there's some pretty good craft beer bars there, too. Yeah, never been there. Homeschool, I think it's mm. called. Where's it at? The place. Uh, it's way on the west side by the Red Rock Casino. I was just out there. Oh. Mm, see, next yeah, time. I was just there. Oh well. Next time we'll get you. Dolan, is this a beer that you could get Sam to drink? No, absolutely not. It, there's nothing I. I'm, I'm telling I mean, you. I mean this with all due respect. As as someone who did not like IPAs before, right? This is in this is a gateway IPA because this doesn't have the bitterness of an IPA that you would think normally, right? Well, and let's go back to episode one where I was against all IPAs. (laughs) True. Period. Right. Right? He threatened to quit the show. Right. (laughs) Uh, Feels like yesterday. It's it's it right there. That that was the that was the gateway. Right. Wow. Mm -hmm. Hmm. That was I've converted a lot of so-called non-IPA drinkers with that. With that, and I see how you could. It's so pineapple forward. Mm -hmm. There's good sweetness to it. There is no bitterness Mm -hmm. necessarily. I mean, there's some, but it's okay. But it's not. It's it's a different. Yeah. It's not like Odell. Yeah. And I love Odell beers, but holy shit, there's some bitterness to some of those. I'm I'm pretty sure that Aaron Daly brought this one back before. He might have. It, it's very familiar, and I love it the second time just as much as the first. Good. I'm oh, sad I missed the milkshake first. I thought of uh, I thought of another question. That Open that next beer days. and let's uh, let's. All right. Um, this one just called this, IPA. This one? Yeah. Okay. Yep. See, if you open the Coca Bowl, you guys probably aren't going back to work. So, well, we're going to open it. Okay, I'm, good. I'm not leaving today. You're I, I want to try that. it too. Uh, what do you guys do when someone comes in and says, "Hey, do you guys have Budweiser?" Uh, we point to our water cooler. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you said that. That's, that's back, good. Back in the early days, I actually got so frustrated with it. I said, "The urinal's down the hall," and they didn't. Oh, they nice. didn't laugh yes. as hard as I did. Because <laughs> you know, like I guess I don't know. A lot of places you go will have something that's similar, right? So I assume you're trying to be like, okay, well, this we don't have that, but this is something in that style. Or if you like this beer, yep. that um, Pilsner, so yeah, that's right. What you yeah. would what you would go with, right? Have you drank Miller Light? Well, then you can try this Pilsner. <laughs> I went to a, a brewery restaurant in Lincoln mm-hmm. over the summer. I think I told you this. And the table next to us wanted a bunch of Bud Lights, and, uh. they, and they had them. They served them Bud Lights, uh. and I just thought that's crazy for a, p- a place that brews beer no. to sell other beer. And then yeah, not even try to sell their own beer. As long as I'm around, you won't see a Bud Light in there. It's no. Not that I don't think it's made well. It's, it's just hard to make. Into, yeah. It's just not something we want. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I've done the tour. Like, I've seen the brewing process. It is horribly complex. Like, it's the, the computers. and so, They've taken the human element out of the whole thing. It's, right. yeah. it's all computers. and hmm. There's like three dudes sweeping the floor, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> now. 
So, all right, tell us about this one, because this one just says IPA on it. Yeah, so when we started back in 2015, it was our wheat, which is actually the go-to for the Bud Light drinkers, mm-hmm. I guess. I think that's still probably the one that they go to the most. The Pills isn't on more than once or twice a year, unfortunately. They that can taste change. the hops in Pills, so yeah. they like the wheat. Pills is mm-hmm. stylistically okay. more hoppy, so wheat, super low, 19 IBU. Um, so we started with wheat, milk stout, which is popular for us, IPA, so this beer and what the heck is smash smash our single malt single hop so this one it took Uh, about two and a half years i finally got it where i was like okay that doesn't suck so this is where it landed and then i started changing it again we had uh a different like ctz in there and i'm like you know nobody's into ctz right now so we we added that michigan copper locally i was trying to figure out a way to factor in a lot of local hops into this kind of showcase what we could do in sioux falls and the surrounding area um yeah i mean it's five different hops warrior cascade centennial michigan copper and simcoe and i'm not going to say it's going to stay like this forever it's some batches are like super refreshing super crisp some batches i'm like you know what we need to change this thing Hmm. i'm just like i said i'm never satisfied with it but i know ryan can speak it's one of his go-tos we sell a lot of this beer this is our number one made beer it, it did get better when I started brewing yeah, back there, true. I think. Huh. I would agree with that because then I don't have to be there. Hmm. Nice. <laughs> Pure coincidence. That's really. weird how that happens. So those hop, those are like some granddaddy hop names that you're mentioning. Yes. Other than the one, yeah. the Michigan or whatever you said. Mm-hmm. But, um, that, yeah. Simcoe, yeah. that's this, I, To me, it smells like when you walk into a brewery and they're brewing beer. Mm, you know what I mean? Like there's that smell. smell. Oh, oh yeah. I love it. I love it. So there's some wheat in there, and that's one thing maybe... I don't know. I'm trying to figure out where do I go. So we might do a, a five-barrel batch just for fun. Pull some of the dry hops because there's quite a few dry hops mm-hmm. in it. Pull that out, put it in the boil, make it a little bit more bitter, a little more clear, a little more head retention aroma. Just try to tweak it up a little bit so it's sure. more refreshing. Because that's kind of – I'm almost going back to the West Coast now after all the New England craze. What have I told you? I know, right? Like every once in a while you're yeah. just hungry for a pine coney 110 IBU beer. Yep. Sure. And they're mm. hard to find anymore. Yeah. I mean, Surly's got Yummy Bear, which I happen to like. But what, what are the IBUs on this? What do you think? I mean, are we in the 80s? I don't know. We, we have it listed at 75. Yeah. But Close. Yeah. I mean – not IPU guy or IB or IPA yeah. guy. What do you think of this of the of the IBUs? No, this? I think it's I think it's uh, really good. Like I said, I've I've gotten better at um, just making sure that I do order an IPA when I go out to a brewery. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course here, it, it seems like we're drinking IPAs all the time. <laughs> I hold them down and just pour it in his mouth. We sometimes. do. Yeah. <laughs> I just mean in the office in general, not necessarily on the show. Yeah, um, on the show too, but. But yeah, no, I I really I think it's good. Um, there's there's certain times that I feel like, man, I just need an IPA right now, and this would I satisfy me. I call that waking me. up. Yeah, I call that waking up. Yeah, lunch beer. Yeah, yeah not to sound beer. like woe is me. I go into like a restaurant in Sioux Falls that sells probably our number one retail account, especially for IPA, and I'm can confidently order an IPA, but just for my taste of what I'm craving right now what do we do next mm-hmm. level, yeah. you know? Hmm. I like it. I think yeah. it's, it's yeah, as IPAs go, it's 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 very approachable. Yeah. If for 75 IBUs, it's not that bitter. No. It well, really isn't. No, there's you get a little bit quite of a bit it, of flavor. There's a lot of flavor to it. Yeah. And uh, IBU is a very outdated term. I think they wish they'd get rid of it. I do, I do see uh, some newer breweries using like moderate to other levels instead of like an actual number so the number it's not relative to anything anymore so i think what we found on some of these is like okay so i got close on my guess if Mm -hmm. it had been Mm -hmm. above or below i wouldn't have been surprised there's some that we drink you're like no way this is a hundred what was the one it was a (laughs) hundred yeah there was there was one that was like um way high on the ibus but it was no it was just it wasn't that bitter Mm -mm. no but then you drink like plenty the elder and it is yeah. yeah, super bitter. Yeah, when you yeah. go to Vegas, remember your friends up in Sioux Falls. <coughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, we've got a triple IPA that's 100 IBU, but you wouldn't know it. Yeah, can you just get it there at the? Yeah, it just ran out, but uh, yeah, yeah, it'll it'll be back eventually. I think yeah. we do, we do. I know Quentin wants to work on like a true 100 IBU yes. West Coast, probably seven ish percent. Yes. Yeah. Just mm, yeah, I'll that's your there. style all day bitter, long. Yeah. Something bitter and refreshing. We did a pale ale called Smart Casual. Uh, Rhino named that one. And uh, 
just did Cascade and Azaka hops, and there was no uh, dry hops. Just boil and whirlpool. Just mm. wanted that bitterness and that yeah. clean, yeah. crisp, refreshing. That's the opposite of what people are yeah. mostly doing. So right. That's yeah. kind of fun. I miss that hot pucker you used to get when you drink yeah. a, a nice IPA. Yeah. Eat, just You're going to sh- get there, too. I know. Don't worry. In the short amount of time we've done this, we talked about this, like, what, three or four episodes yeah. ago, like, which is like the fad of, of some of these, like, brute mm-hmm. IPAs. We saw brute IPAs for, like, three months, yeah. and then they were gone. Right? Yeah. I mean, all of a sudden, everybody did them, and then nobody did them. Yeah. Yep. Just like that. And yeah. I have a feeling it'll cycle through again. That's oh, yeah. I, I, I really like around. the uh, the mountain IPAs that we tried. Oh, yeah. yeah. Those are kind of fun, too. Yeah. yeah. It's neat how it changes. That's one of the fun things about these places. I'm getting know? there. I'm getting there like like stouts. So, Well, we'll drink that one off, off air. Yes, we will. Yeah. Oh, yes, we will. <laughs> All right. So last question. Like, give me the next. So you're almost at five years. What's the next five years? Oh man, I have no idea. <laughs> There's something awesome about that, though. Yeah. No, when we opened, I had a very specific vision in mind: like production, do this, grow big. <clears throat> you know, a couple breweries in town are doing that right now, and now I'm like, don't want to work that hard. Because after talking to them, it's like, eh, they're working their butts off, but they're not really making anything more than they could if they just had a retail spot. So it's like, I kind of want to enjoy my life and be passionate about what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I think if you just overwork yourself just to grow big, you're missing out on something. So we'll see where we end up. Um, yeah, like I said, we've not grown too much. We've, mm-hmm. we're certainly growing like in the amount that we're brewing, but in, in the space, we're right where we are, you know, since day one. So from a brewer's standpoint, what do you want to do that you haven't done yet? Um, <clears throat> wow, that's a tough one. I will say he just brewed his first batch start to finish without I did do that. there. That happened. Oh, which is awesome. Okay. That's a new landmark step for yep. Wood Green. This guy has trust trust issues, and um, <laughs> it's been, <laughs> he gave you the keys. <laughs> took a yeah. year for me to yeah sort of wedge my way in there. Was, he might have been looking in the window. <laughs> But he wasn't in there. He's peeking in. Yeah. So, if, like, he wasn't here. Like, what would your, like, pie in the sky? Like, I so want to try this. Uh, I'm fascinated with automation. So, uh, and I've not, I've not really had many opportunities to really see it done in per- person. So, like, a canning line would be, like, operating a canning line would be on that list probably just because I love the automation aspect. Um, just working in a, a a warehouse sort of sort of scenario, I, I don't know. Um, that's a tough one. I, I've done a lot in the last two and a half years that I really wanted to do. Um, How about from a brewing tough. standpoint? Is there anything you haven't done brewing yet that uh, you want to do? Like a style or a yeah. Hmm. Uh, we've done everything really. Um, I would love to see more loggers come in and out of our place, but um, they're so finicky and labor-intensive on the back end. Um, you know, I'm pretty content with, with what we're doing right now, other than, you know, sometimes it feels a little cramped, but the payoff sort of makes that worth it. Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we end each episode with uh, Untapped. Yeah, we do. We, we look on Untapped and we oh, see. Oh, boy. Oh, here we go. All right. So let's start with the Pilsner first. And a lot of these, I think, just because you don't package. Like, it's yeah. just people coming into the brewery. It's Pilsner 205. It's Veneer Pilsner. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Veneer Pilsner 205 check-ins. What do you think? Holy cow, that's a small sample it's a small, for us. It's a small oh, sample, yeah. Uh, I would say 3.89. Three, seven, two. God, don't so close. 3.79. Nice. Close. Nice. So the beer I just went back to, the Carnival IPA, uh-huh. which I, I figured I left that one over there for you. Right? Yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, the Carnival IPA, 387 check ins. Okay. That's higher. Oh, of course it's higher. Four. Uh, four, five, four. No. Oh, that's too high. 4.31. 4.15. Okay. So I really good, though. That's really good. Well, yeah. you know where I'm rating it, then. I know you are. <laughs> it's yeah. A, it's a yeah. five for Dolan. Yeah. All right. And then the IPA. Uh, oh, oh, here we go. 1,432 check-ins. Some so, more. Yeah. 
I wonder what your what's the biggest uh, checked in beer for you guys on Untapped. That Is one. That probably? Okay. I think this one. I think yeah, the IPA. Milk stout. IPA mixed out. Yeah. One of the two. Mm-hmm. Let's kick. I'll kick mm. back over just a wood grain. And we'll see. So the IPA. What do you think? Four two seven. I want to say three point eight one. Three point seven zero. All right. Yep. To be fair, like I said, for two and a half years, it was not what it is now. Nope. So yeah, yeah. The milk stout has just barely less check-ins at fourteen twenty-two, and it's a three eight eight. Ironically, hey, you had you drank that one time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I've drank some of these beers before. There you go. Four and a uh, three and a half on that one. There you go. There you go. So, all right. I would drink this Carnival IPA all day long. I know you would. Mm-hmm. And then Dolan would have to drive me home. <laughs> <laughs> that could happen. Yeah. Wow. Well, this is fun. Yeah. So thank you guys. I appreciate that. Yeah, I hope yeah, you answered a lot of questions. We, yeah. we always just ask each other and we never have the answers to. Mm-hmm. We don't know what we're doing. Did but. you look up the Coca Bolo? No, we yeah, should look, yeah, look that one up. So, so uh, Aaron told me that we shouldn't talk about this one. Because it doesn't it exist. It isn't available me. yet. Yeah. Don't doesn't, talk about it. Exist. No, that one's available. That's you just been out can't for a get while. it in this container, is what I was told. Uh, that's Maybe. not necessarily true. <clears throat> we open it up to crawlers, but I think the keg's about dead, so is it won't really? be an issue. Mm. Wow. Well, then we should probably drink it. We do have some in there yet, but it won't be tapped. I think I'm leaving that up to Quentin on it that one. But gotta be new because 131 check-ins, yeah. 4.48, so almost holy four and smokes. A half. On that's, 131, that's legit. So that's a lot of fives. That's a lot of fives. And, and one person that got scared of it. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <clears throat> Bottle. Oh, so Okay, so cans, you're looking at four and a half. Draft, just over four and a half. And then tasters, 4.3. So yeah. tasters, people that don't know what they're drinking. Just, just, just trying it. They just want to try it. Okay, that's I'm funny. guessing most people just go It's a good go distinction, in. though, the, the, between the, the, the drafts, the bottles, the mm-hmm. cans, the, the tasters. Yeah, It's kind of right. fun how the analytics have changed on Untapped mm. in the last year or so. Right. It's really, really ramped up, which is nice. And we never looked at that before, but it's interesting that yeah. you know people that are seeking that out versus people that have no idea and just try it for the first time. Mm-hmm. Well, it's fun because you can use it to find places. Like if you're in a different city, mm-hmm. I think you can even get like a Lyft or an Uber through there now. You so can. Yeah. you can pretty cool. You can, yeah, through the Untapped app, you can. Yeah, if they don't have their, if they don't pay for the business side of it. Um, I like to look at what's being drank there, so I know if I should go or not. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you don't so. waste the money on a lift. Yeah, there you yeah. go. It works. Yeah. yeah, exactly. All right, fellas, I appreciate it. This was yeah. uh, Thank you guys. a lot of fun. We'll so. pretend you drove all the way down here just for this. Just for us. Yeah. Because that's how popular. And the other stuff is gravy, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. All right, Brian, we're not going anywhere for a while. Let's, let's drink that. Let's drink that stout. Heck yeah. All right. Thank you for listening to A Beer with Atlas. Special thanks to our brand team for producing the show. Each episode of A Beer with Atlas is powered by Atlas Medstaff, an industry leader in travel healthcare staffing.